Welcome along to episode two of Lights in the Sky podcast. Casual chat about uncasual things. Didn't even have to read it that time. Bravo. <laughs> I'm Luke. Uh, Tony. And yeah, one thing I was thinking we should do on this episode was um, give people a bit of a heads up about maybe who we are. So I was thinking before we jump into um, your topic, I'll spring it on you and we can introduce each other. So come up with a sentence or two that you think describes me, and I'll do the same for you. Okay? So I'll start. Okay. Um, Tony's a single mother of three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, true so far. <laughs> um, self-confessed cat person, and occasionally um, likes to think that clothing is optional. Yeah, like like this afternoon. No. <laughs> 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 Moving right along. Okay. <laughs> is, this, oh, is this a gag? Are we doing this? Oh, you can introduce me if you like. I mean, as long as your kids will stay quiet. Yeah. Um, well, they probably won't. <laughs> so we should probably power on through, shouldn't we? <laughs> okay. Let's just go. Do you want to chat about the revised format then? Okay, yeah. So... Um, we're inundated with feedback. We have been. Oh, that was actually another thing I thought we should mention too. Um, if anyone wants to get in touch with us right off the bat, before I forget... We'll mention the Twitter, which is at L-I-T-S underscore podcast. So stands for Lights in the Sky. Um, also, same on Instagram. But you can also email us on lightsintheskypodcast at gmail.com. Um, so if you have any things that you want to bring up or feedback or um, experiences or... Or just spam just us. Just stories. Spam us with yeah. dodgy pics. Any spam, <laughs> any, spam any dodgy pics. <laughs> any, um, like coupon codes we could use elsewhere yeah like pizza ones so we get free deliveries and that. <laughs> yeah. yeah well then um send them through to gmail as well so let's um keep it interactive and also gives us something to fill up the time with i guess on the bright side for us <laughs> <laughs> um uh i think that was about it what else was i doing i was talking about um a, a, a bit of the form format, the format. Yeah. yeah so um last time around we each sort of discussed a topic and then we went and did the get me some strange section where we read from the reader's digest mysteries of the unexplained that, that section's already sort of heralding some critical acclaim i have to say from yourself uh yes how long have you been a critic I'm very critical of myself. <laughs> I need to stop being so hard on myself. Yeah, you really should. I'm a good person. <laughs> okay, so, uh, yeah, this time around, or what we're thinking in future episodes is um, we cut it down a little bit, make them a bit more bite-sized, so we'll just kind of do one, maybe on alternating weeks, or um, do one and a... Um, and a reading from the Get Me Some Strange book, which is slowly starting to be known. I hear it has critical acclaim. Aye, ah, yes. Well done. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll do that. Um, and, uh, yeah, cut it down to somewhere around the half an hour mark, just long enough that you can 
listen to it on a commute or do some dishes or something while you're listening um, and it takes a bit of the pressure off us so we don't read out all of the world's paranormal stories within say six episodes yeah, we were on track for that weren't we <laughs> yeah yeah There'd be nothing left to talk about then we just need to make things up otherwise we turn into one of those podcasts that do about six episodes and then they realize there's way too much work involved they've spent every night and weekend researching and the thing just falls in the falls in the can so yeah we're just gonna hit it keep it light casual do a shallow dive mm. <laughs> it's shallow like, dive it's into like a topic and not even dipping your toes into it it's yeah. like the, the little toe and that's even that's barely got wet yeah oh yeah another thing i was going to mention at the top of each one is anything paranormal or strange happened to you this week tony <laughs> this week since uh, our last recording that's what we think. No, I, I, I don't think that anything genuinely exchange happened. I could make up stories, but... <laughs> no, 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 I'm just checking. <laughs> I mean, I'd hate for something to happen, and then we get to recording day, and you've forgotten to mention it. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a missing time experience this time, this week, but it turned out I just slept in. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. just tired. <laughs> That's about it. Although I did wake up to the sound of... Um, Aliens, but then it turned out I'd left Third Rock from the Sun on Netflix, so it was just John and Lithgow. I was Lithgow. Is it? No, it's not Lithgow. <laughs> <laughs> it's to see you question your, your John knowledge. Yeah, good. Do you know he paints um paints pictures like watercolors of people's pets? Did you see that on Jimmy Fallon? No, yeah. that's kind of cute. He had, he had painted a picture of jimmy fallon's dog which his dog's name is gary frick (laughs) (laughs) anyway enough uh john lithgow (laughs) facts yeah we'll probably try and work a couple of those in every episode (laughs) cool all right so what have you got it's your turn this week okay so we'll start off with uh, this one being it's potentially a little ufo-y yeah. A little close encounter of the third kind. What's the third kind mean? Uh, sightings of an entity or creature. What's the first kind? I think you just. I think the first is just like you see something in the sky. Second would be leaving trace evidence. Uh-huh. Third, a being or entity is sighted. Uh-huh. And fourth, you kind of hang out together. Oh, like, right. the movies. <laughs> if you went to the movies with, an, uh, say, a, a grey alien. What's the fifth? Is there a fifth? I don't think there's a fifth. Twelfth? No, I don't. <laughs> I, I think it goes as I think as far as four. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I think we can do better than that. It's I'll a carry on. categorized CE three. Yeah, first encounter of the third kind. Cool. Um, but then it's also like, was this thing just some weird cryptoid creature or something like that? Like, because mm. it. Um, doesn't doesn't really resemble what you might regularly. I mean, think, what's your regular alien type of view? It's your little grey guy. The yeah. grey, yeah. Yeah, this thing, nah. Hmm. <laughs> but potentially, then it may have been a machine. Right. So there's lots of um, debate raging on about this. That's a good point, actually. If you have a close encounter straight away, does that own, do those categories only work for alien? Like, say, can you have a close encounter with a Sasquatch? It was only... The the close encounter, that scale, was designed in UFO research. So it is only applicable to UFO and alien or extraterrestrial research. Makes sense. Yeah, it does. (laughs) Cool. So, set your scene. Mm -hmm. 12 September 1952. Yeah. Group of small boys. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes. Or it was a small group of boys. I, I, I'm not sure. It's either a group of small <laughs> group boys of really or a small, small group of boys. <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of the two. Um, <laughs> spotted a pulsating reddish sphere. I'm glad you and said mind sphere. out of the gutter, please, here, with your small boys. <laughs> As it um, floated around a hill, hovered ever so briefly, and then dropped behind the crest of another hill in the small town of Flatwoods, West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Have you ever ah. heard of the Flatwoods monster mentioned? No, no, no. This is new to me. Did you get? You, you seem excited about something. Was it you? Was Flatwoods remind you of delicious flatbread? No, no. <laughs> Carry on. Okay. So, from the far side of the hill, a bright glow shone, as if from a landed object. Mm-hmm. On their way to see what had happened, the boys were joined by others that had witnessed the flying spectacle. Other small boys? Uh, well, this a beautician, Kathleen May, her two sons, so I'm assuming we're up to five small boys now, <laughs> okay. Kathleen May, yep. and their friend Tommy Hire. And also, 17-year-old Eugene Lemon and his dog. I don't have the dog's name. Uh, Gary Frick. Gary Frick. Um, John Lithgow was painting the dog. <laughs> but it ran ahead to, of the group, frustrating John Lithgow. <laughs> um, and, was, and, and was briefly out of sight as it ran around the hill. So you've got bright light, you've got lots of boys, Kathleen, her, uh, the beautician, and... Um, Eugene Lemon, who's a 17-year-old. You're saying that name like it's going to be significant soon. Oh, it's just fun to say. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A foul-smelling mist covered the ground as the searchers made their way towards the bright light. And they couldn't even blame the dog at that point. Well, the dog came fleeing back at them as if terrified of something. Mm -hmm. The two leading the group, Lemon and um, Neil Nunley, I don't know where he came from, I don't think I ever mentioned him yet, got to the top of the hill and observed a big ball of fire 50 feet to their right. Others in the group said the ball of fire, the great ball of fire, (laughs) was the size of a house. Hmm. Which is up for debate, because, you know, my house isn't a very big house, but (laughs) there are larger houses, so I'm not sure. if It's big if 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 it was a ball of fire, though. Fair enough. <laughs> yep. Um, to the group's left on the hilltop, just under the branches of a large oak tree, were two small blue lights. At Mrs. May's suggestion, Lemon, Eugene Lemon, pointed his flashlight in their direction. To everyone's horror, the flashlight highlighted a grotesque-looking creature with a head shaped like an ace of spades. So I'll just uh, I'll give you a wee... Flash, Do you yeah. just mean a spade or an ace of spades? An, an ace of spades. <laughs> That's what the creature did. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. Wait, where, does, where is that picture from? It's a just, it's a drawing. Yeah, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> it's not a photo. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's, what do you mean? Where's it from? Like, okay, someone drew it. Someone drew it. One, Who the, drew that? one of the witnesses. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, my point there is, it's shaped like a spade. Not an ace of spades. There's no little A in the corner of that. Well, it's the it's the ace of spades like from the playing like card. the playing card. So it's a spade. Yeah. So the entity was initially reported as being ten feet tall and four feet wide. Right. It appeared to be some sort of robotic suit 
for um, spacesuit rather than an organic being. Ah. It had a cowl in the shape of an ace of spades behind a red round head. A spade, but yeah. <laughs> I disagree with that. That's an ace of spades card. It's not an ace of spades. It's a, small, it's a playing it's a card. Yeah, a, a playing card spade. It's not an ace of spades. I'm going to say, ace, say sp- ace. Well, I guess because ace of spades is the biggest spade. <laughs> it's the easiest spade to see. <laughs> Maybe this was just a discarded playing card. <laughs> this was. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Set in the head with two eyes, described as portholes, glowing green-orange, and the size of half dollars. I'm not really sure what that means. Half. Can you spin that around again? Give me another look at that picture. Ace of spades. Yeah, I can see that spade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of weird. We'll put that up on the blog under the show notes or something yeah and also we'll put the uh, uh, ace of spade card up and <laughs> we'll, we'll put an put, ace of spade card up and we'll put and we'll, john lithgow's we'll circle painting the point. of Fallon's dog <laughs> as well <laughs> we'll put it we'll put an ace of spade card up and we'll circle the part of that the spade that actually and that'll be close enough if you've never seen a playing card before yeah the body was metallic uh, was a metallic armored structure lined with not almond armoured structure lined with thick vertical pipes discrepancies exist in the actual colour of the armour some claiming it to be black while others saying green hmm the existence of arms is a similar matter most state the monster was armless while others claim to possess small toy-like arms like T-Rex arms I imagine do you think they just said it was harmless, but with a British accent? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, the, yeah, so there's, there's comments around the height. So I've got one article here that said it was 10 feet tall. One said it appeared to be over 6 feet tall. Um, mm. Someone was saying 7 feet tall. So I guess if you're mm. a wee way it's hard to estimate height. Yeah. 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 You know, males always overestimate them size and stuff anyway so there's a bunch of people here i can imagine that um the creature which seemed to be over six feet tall is the uh kind of general claim here yeah started moving towards the witnesses it seemed to be gliding rather than walking so right seconds later it changed direction and began heading for the glowing sphere from which it had apparently come from so it was like oh I'm gonna come check you guys out it's like oh no way I've got something to do over here bye <laughs> didn't you say before there was two small blue spheres as well yeah what's happened with them in the story I don't know they just, dis- they just become irrelevant yeah interesting yeah the um so, well, see, to the group's left on the hilltop just under the branch of the large tree were two small blue lights. Mm. Ah, okay, so maybe the blue lights were some way coming from the creature because that's yeah. when Lemon pointed his flashlight in the direction and then the creature appeared. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that might yeah, be gotcha. over there. Yeah. <laughs> here's, here's, here's what I like about Lemon. All of this took place in the matter of a few moments, during this, which time Lemon fainted. <laughs> Whoa, that is heavy. Whoa. <laughs> and he ain't heavy, he's my brother, because they dragged him away from the scene as they fled. Seriously? Yeah. When interviewed about uh, half an hour later by a reporter at the Braxton Democrat, great name, the witnesses were barely able to speak. Some sought first aid. So I guess they were freaked out and there'd been stinking, the stinking smell they'd taken on board. So repugnant odour. Gross. Um, the reporter felt that there was no question they had seen something that had badly frightened them. Soon afterwards, after Lemon had recovered, 
the reporter and Lemon went back to the spot. They've got to hand that to Lemon. Passes out. <laughs> yet he goes back. Um, where they had seen the creature and the strange craft, the blazing ball of fire. Stuart, the reporter, noted that there was an acrid odour in the air that irritated his nose and his throat. He returned alone to the site first thing the next morning. He found skid marks coming down the hill. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> Well, wouldn't you, if you had seen something that freaky, you may, you may leave some skid marks if you bought, you know, your, your bowels may not be up to the challenge. I've just been Googling this in the background while you've been talking. There's way better pictures of it. Not pictures, drawings of it. Let me, let me show you. This, <laughs> this, one, this one's quite a simple outline, sort of a version. Um... But there's pictures of the uh, witnesses, and then I think it might be the same picture you showed me. Yeah, that one you're showing there is on the same article, yeah. Yeah, right. Interesting. So the reporter returned alone to the site the first thing the next morning. Um, yeah, so he found the skid marks going down the hill towards a large area of recently matted grass, which seemed to indicate that a large object had rested there. So something had made like an imprint in the glass. The glass? The grass. <laughs> so the Braxton Democrat, amongst other uh, quality newspaper and journalism establishments in, in, this, in, in this area, dubbed the um, encounter the Flatwoods Monster sighting. That's pretty cool. Um, it took place during a flurry of sightings of unusual objects in the region. Mm-hmm. So in a in nearby Birch River... A, uh, a witness reported seeing a bright orange ball circling over the area where the monster was spotted. Um, it was visible for around 15 minutes before veering off towards the airport at Sutton, where the object was also reported. Mm. According to an account one week before the Flatwoods events, uh, another, another witness and her mother encountered the same or similar creature. The younger woman was so frightened she needed hospitalisation after the event, and both also reported the noxious odour. And skid marks. And skid marks in their, in their trousers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then years later, it came to light um, uh, from an, an, oh, an this author. You debunk it all and tell me it was like just some weird. Oh, he, an author who interviewed a couple who claimed that on the evening following the original sighting, and 10 to 15 miles to the southwest of it, they encountered a 10 foot tall creature emitting a foul odour. It appeared. Um, uh, before their stalled car and then returned to the woods. Moments later, a luminous pulsating sphere arose from the trees and ascended into the sky. Hmm. So this guy was bugging quite a few of the locals around this area yeah, around yeah. this time, around September 1952. Yep. Um, do you want to hear some theories of what it might have been? Yeah. Yeah, because this, like you said at the start, like there's the difference between alien and monster, right? Yeah, so... We're kind of in that in between well, realm. Yeah. So throw some theories at well, me. When you see you've got you've got the whole monster idea of some weird creature coming out of the woods. You've got the alien thing with the spacecraft or yep. UFO sighting or the blazing light. Yep. You've got um, the idea that it may be some kind of robotic entity anyway. So it's not a you know it, it is not of a biological origin. It's some sort of robotic entity. Yeah, yeah. Um, or maybe it's something inside this ten foot, four foot wide thing that it's big enough. Maybe that something could be inside it. Yeah. As a spacesuit. Well, think Iron Man, but like <laughs> stinky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So there's quite a few potential things here. Um, But the explanations are far more mundane. Um, So the uh, the sort of official story is that um, the witnesses saw a meteorite. That was what the the blazing light was across the sky. Yeah. Um, People it, often faint when they see yeah. meteorites. Well, they're not because apparently on the on the night of September 12th, the original sighting, a meteor had been observed across three states: Maryland, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia, where the sighting had taken place, mm. and had been mistakenly reported as a flaming aircraft crashing inside of a hill, approximately 11 miles southwest of the location of the original sighting. Right. Um, three flashing red aircraft beacons were also visible from the area of the sighting, possibly accounting for the pulsating red light seen by witnesses for the red tint on the face of the creature hmm. so okay seems fairly mundane as you say yeah the um, investigator um, we well, one of the sceptical investigators concluded that the uh, the movements of the creature was uh, most likely a, um, a startled barn owl perched on a tree limb <laughs> <laughs> it just seems ludicrous when you have that many people that all saw something completely not barn owl like and all of those drawings that they've done that all look fairly similar and um i mean definitely not the same in drawing ability but <laughs> <laughs> well yeah so researchers also concluded that the witnesses inability to agree on whether the creature had arms combined with kathleen mays the beautician's report of having small claw-like hands which extend in front of it also matched the appearance of a barn owl with its talons gripping a tree branch what? <laughs> um, alternative explanations put forward included those by the local media that um, the, the 12th uh, september group had witnessed the impact of a meteor which resulted in a man-shaped cloud of vapor Right. A hand-shaped cloud of vapour. Yeah. Um, or that um, they had seen some kind of covert government aircraft. Yeah, see, when you start getting, start getting all the completely lame excuses like that, um, something doesn't add up there, right? That's right. A bit <laughs> odd. So talking about some of the, I guess, the evidence in support of this. So after encountering the creature, several members of the September 12 group reported suffering from similar symptoms, which persisted for some time, and they've been attributed to having been exposed to the mist emitted by the creature. So the symptoms included irritation of the nose and swelling of the throat. Mm-hmm. Our old mate Lemon, fainty Lemon, suffered from <laughs> vomiting and convulsions throughout the night and has had difficulties with his throat for several, and had difficulties with his throat for several weeks afterwards. Mm-hmm. A doctor who treated several of the witnesses is reported to have described their symptoms as being similar to victims of mustard gas, though such symptoms are also commonly found in sufferers of hysteria, which can be brought on by exposure to a traumatic or shocking event. Hmm. Yeah, the, um, the fevers and um, fainting and things is something quite common to, um, to plenty of sightings and things, isn't it? As well as the likes of sunburn and That's right. vomiting and all of that. Interesting. So, while you know, sceptics have claimed that uh, they may have seen a meteor and that the owl was, in fact, the 10-foot-high monster... I'm looking at the picture again. That the, is it the beautician drew that one? There's one where it, you can quite clearly see the claws out the front. Maybe it was just based on their uh, yeah, description. Yeah, so that's Kathleen May, the beautician. Yeah. And there's a picture of a man next to it. Yeah, there's just no way <laughs> that your imagination can come up with that and uh, once you've seen a barn owl. Like, what's the deal? <laughs> 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 um, 
So, um, yeah, so well, may have, you know, maybe the meteor or the hour may have been mistaken for the, uh, the sightings. Um, nonetheless, when interviewed shortly after the incident, the witnesses all told the investigators the same story. It was consistent tale right the way through. Mm-hmm. And again, they'd just seen this thing for an absolute uh, second um, before it took off. Right. And obviously pretty... Uh, traumatic event for them, regardless of whether it was an owl or not. Mm-hmm. Um, when interviewed in the early part of the 1990s, 1990s, Kathleen May recalled that two men first identified themselves as reporters, then acknowledging they were employees of the government, interviewed her soon after the incident. Ah, uh, yep. And there's a quote here that says, it is not hard to believe, it is in fact that they that they, they were in fact US Air Force dispatched to plainclothes Viscos to the scene. So I don't have any reference that or any other material that they actually the US Air Force did dispatch plainclothes people, but mm. um, it may have been origi- that may have been during the time of Project Blue Book, um, mm. which was a I just I'll just check that. Yeah, me. what's a what's a blue book? It was, I was also thinking, I wonder when the first kind of um, Tales of the Men in Black started um, popping up as well. If you're getting people showing up at houses thinking they're or saying they're reporters, and then by the time they're saying by the time they leave, they're saying they're government investigators. It's similar to a Men in Black type of situation, isn't it? It is. So that's where they um, uh, basically people in suits come and shut you down if you're getting too mouthy about something you've seen. <laughs> well, we've all seen uh, Will Smith's performance, and he's yeah. fantastic. It's um, based on fact. <laughs> um, one of the other theories is that this was actually a, a UFO crash survivor that this creature had somehow managed to, um, yeah, had managed to uh, survive a, a UFO crash and was on the loose. Ah, interesting. So what's Project Blue Book? So Project Blue Book was a um, US Air Force-led project um, that looked into investigate UFO sightings of the 1950s and 1960s. So mm-hmm. there's a number of different project sightings. So there was uh, Project Blue Book, there was Project Grudge. Um, there are a couple of other ones too that uh, they had been set up. And the conclusion of these projects were that effectively there is no story on um, UFO. Maybe looking into those early US um, Air Force projects could be something an interesting one to do because mm-hmm. it's quite a detailed um, history. Right. And I've read about it in the past, but it's just probably a little bit um, out, yeah, not so flesh in my head at the moment. But looking at this, uh, it, this was a, um, a an event that was investigated by Project Blue Book. And again, um, which would have prompted the US Air Force investigators to arrive and um, conclude that it was an owl. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. <clears throat> um, so, in conclusion? In conclusion, I think this is a, um, a very bizarre case of an unusual entity that was cited. I yep. think that the witnesses were probably very reliable. They're small-town country folk without really any reason to lie. They didn't seek fame or fortune over the sort of incident. Yep. There was a, um, an event. Apparently, they, the local town held a um, green monster festival for a number of years after the sighting. Um, oh, really? But uh, the last year that festival took place was in 2006, apparently. Man, that's a decent run. Yeah, I did. It was, it was very, um, very consistent. <laughs> um, also some talk that this could be a Mothman sighting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What sort of area was Mothman? Was I think that Virginia? was um, Virginia as well, yeah. Huh. Uh, Pleasant Point, West Virginia, or Point, sorry, Point Pleasant, West Virginia in September... Uh, no, sorry, November 1966 was one of the first 
Mothman sightings. And they have a Mothman festival there too. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So, yeah, lots of... Um, I, think, I don't think it was an owl. I, I think it's... Um, I think it's probably... That it's, that's, if you think of crazy explanations for it, owl is probably the crazier <laughs> than actually sighting some kind of entity. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, when it was a shot down, the, the comment that was um, because there was lots of US Air Force or U, uh, UFOs buzzing around Washington, D.C. in July and... Um, uh, was it, sorry, uh, a few weeks before September 12, UFO sightings, July, yeah, UFOs were spotted over Washington and fighter jets were scrambled to intercept them. So there was a talk that maybe this thing had been shot down and was lurking around the place. Right. Then. But that's, um, that seems a little bit um, far-fetched, personally. There's another, um, just looking at the Wikipedia page for the Flatwoods monster now, and there's another rendering of what it might have looked like. This one looks a little more modern. <laughs> <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> Red glowing eyes and things. Um, and I guess the final thing is that if you if you look at that article, you can go down and see the references in pop culture. And there's a um, yeah, there was a, a, oh, yeah. a 1988 <laughs> video game where the, one of the final uh, entities or creatures to battle was uh, an object that looks strikingly similar to the Flatwoods monster. <laughs> Crazy. Um, and there's a couple of other uh, references to where it's popped up. Uh, yeah, Nintendo. Yeah. In 1988 Nintendo Entertainment System video game Amagon? Yeah. Amagon. Stage 2 boss of the video game Space Harrier 2. Uh, even as recent as Wii U. There's a Wii U game with it in it. Cool. Sounds good. Alright. That is the Flatwoods Monster. So if you want to have another uh, deeper dive than that, um, we'll put up some links up on the website, lightsintheskypodcast.com, um, and that'll be under episode two. Um, so you can search on the right-hand side by category, and I'll just put it under, um, I think I just call it um, episodes or something like that. But search for episode two, and it'll pop up. Yes, and some of the other terms, if you want to do some own research, the Flatwoods Monster is also known um, as the Braxton County Monster or Phantom of Flatwoods. That's kind of the coolest one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, shall we um, dive in and get you some strange? Let's do it. <laughs> okay, so this section is where we um, take the 1982 version of mis- uh, 1982 book of Mysteries of the Unexplained, put out by Reader's Digest. And just just before you jump into this, I've just yep. done a little bit more research here. And, Last minute uh, research is my favourite. Yeah, and uh, Alan Hynek was the one who created the Close Encounter um, scale. Yeah. Uh, the first, second, third kind. Mm-hmm. And then extensions were later added to that. There was a Close Encounter of the fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh kind. There we go. Yeah. So what's the eighth? The close encounter of the seventh kind is a good one. Um, a close encounter of the seventh kind is the creation of an alien-human hybrid, Brilliant. either by sexual reproduction or by artificial scientific means. Interesting. A star child. Yeah. I have to dive into the star child thing at some point as well. When they found that skull somewhere that was kind of alien-ish. <laughs> Ish, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Very hybrid very seventh-y kind. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's, 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 let's get me some strange. All right, cool. So I'm just going to flick through the book, and you just say stop. I'm going to open it up on a random page and read out whatever the first mystery of unexplained I see. <laughs> All right, ready? Let's do it. 
stop. That's the same one as last week. <laughs> <laughs> there is um, a couple of pages that I don't know if they, they stick or something, but <laughs> they, um, quite often are, it does fall on the same page. Anyway, here's one. It's a good one. A Sasquatch encounter. <gasps> reported by a hunter in October 1955 near the little town of Tate Jean Cache in British Columbia, Canada. William Rowe, armed with his rifle, was climbing Mica Mountain af- one afternoon just for something to do. In is that, is that what oh, that's his yep. comment, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> When he saw what he took to be a grizzly bear on the far side of a small clearing. Moments later, he watched the animal step out into the open and Roe realized it was not a bear in a sworn affidavit he later declared <clears throat> this to the best of my recollection is what the creature looked like and how it acted as it came across the clearing directly towards me my first impression was of a huge man about six feet tall almost three feet wide and probably weighing somewhere near 300 pounds well we're going we're pushing we've got, we got, we got the 10 feet four foot wide flatwoods monster <laughs> I've and never, six I've never, feet, three feet, Sasky watch. Yeah, I've never really thought of when I look at someone, how wide are they? Yeah, how wide are you? <laughs> I don't know. Couple. Can I measure your girth? Is that <laughs> is that an appropriate thing to be doing? No, but girth is your whole circumference, isn't it? Yeah, I guess. It's just, just yeah, how width, wide you are. Yeah. Your diameter. Am I measuring at the shoulders or? <laughs> I don't know. I guess your widest point is interesting. Yeah. Keep going. Anyway, sorry for interrupting. Uh, so this is still the sworn affidavit. Um, it was covered from head to foot with dark brown silver tipped hair but as it came closer I saw by its breasts that it was female don't laugh at that (laughs) (laughs) so mature just getting used and strange (laughs) and yet its torso was not curved like a female's its broad frame was straight from shoulder to hip its arms were much thicker than a man's arms and longer reaching almost to its knees its feet were broader proportionally than a man's, about five inches wide at the front and tapering to much thinner heels. Well, it must have been a woman. It was wearing heels. Must have been. Um, the creature came within 20 feet of Roe, who was crouched behind a bush and squatted on his haunches. As it stripped and munched leaves from some bushes, Roe noted the way its head peaked at the back the flat nose, protruding chin and beady eyes and he was struck by the short thick unhuman neck interesting all at once the wild thing caught Rose's scent and looked directly at him through an opening in the brush that'd be freaky yep. <laughs> it's time to leave right yep. a look of comical amazement crossed his face as it rose to its full height and started to walk away uh, and again jumping it to a quote again from the dude um, the thought came to me that if I shot it, I'd possibly have a specimen of great interest to scientists the world over. I'd heard stories about a Sasquatch. Maybe this was a Sasquatch. I leveled my rifle. The creature was still walking rapidly away, turning its head to look in my direction. I lowered the rifle. Although I could have called the creature it, I felt now that it was a human being, and I knew I would never forgive myself if I killed it. As it crossed into the brush at the far side of the clearing, it made a whinnying sound, half laugh and half language. Beyond a stand of lodgepole pines, it tipped its head back briefly and uttered the same cry, then disappeared into the woods. And to read more, look up what's now probably a very old book, John Green on the Track of the Sasquatch, page 10 to 12. 
I haven't heard a lot of Sasquatch sightings recently. You haven't? No. I'm wondering whether those things have maybe, maybe they've died out. I just saw on Netflix yesterday there was a, um, I think it was a, a series around Sasquatch hunting. There is like a, there is like the Bigfoot hunters, I think. Yeah, there? yeah. But I don't, they don't they find anything. No. <laughs> they certainly hear things. Yeah, they hear a lot of things. And there's lots of <laughs> shrieking and stuff going on. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, like real, like both, like those real legitimate Sasquatch sightings just don't seem to happen anymore. Yeah. Well, one thing um, occurs to me here is that he was the only one that saw it. Um, he came back and sure he swore to seeing it, but that was about it. Um, he also wrote a book about it later, which he would have sold for money. Yeah. So, <laughs> so any of those motiv- Yeah, when you start looking at money motivations, it always becomes a little bit. Yeah. Curious. A little bit less genuine, potentially. Mm-hmm. Should we get him on the show and ask him about it? Yeah, let's look him up. <laughs> and, and, yeah. Well, the sighting happened in 1955, so okay. Yeah. <laughs> so about 62 years ago. Cool. He could still be around. He might still be kicking it. But... He could still be. There's actually quite a section here on um, on abominable snowmen and Sasquatchy. Better hasn't been updated recently, though. Well, no, it was printed in 1982. <laughs> exactly, my point. There's nothing recent. There's one in 1977, as I flick through. Interesting. It's like a New Jersey Devil thing, but that's me just um, jumping ahead. I thought I saw a Jersey Devil. Yeah. Oh, rattle. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I need a sturdier table. But we want to do my ironing. Then. <laughs> that's a fair point. Yeah. Cool. So that'll just about do us. Yeah, I think so. A um, um, couple of good stories there. Um, I think we're getting better at this. Mm-hmm. Slow to get in there. Yeah, uh, I think we're finding a a pattern, a rhythm. Um, I guess next time around, it's my turn to find the story. Find the story. Mm-hmm. And you can blow do my the, mind, baby. And you can get me some strange. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, cool. So just as we wrap up, um, need to thank uh, Beach for syndication. Even though we're not quite there yet. We're recording episode two without episode one being up yet, so um, we're probably a couple of weeks behind where you're actually listening if you're keeping up. Um, Also, um, thanks, Woody, for the theme tune. Um, It seems to have come out pretty well. Um, Early signs are that people like it, so that works. I played it to one friend and she thought that we went off topic too much. Yeah. That would be the casual. Yeah, the casual. that's very casual. But I think today we were a bit more on topic. I, I took that on board and I was like, yeah, it could be a little bit more on topic. Yeah, we were on get topic. To the, get to the point there, get some, get some facts out. I liked our topic about John Lithgow. Yeah. Lithgow? <laughs> Lithgow. <laughs> Lithgow. Cool. Well, that'll be us for episode two. Uh, until next time, catch you later. Toodaloo.